Welcome to this episode of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play God of War 2005. Two pieces of business before we get started this week. The first is we now have an Instagram account. If you go to Left Behind Game Club on Instagram, you can check out photos and videos from us as we play through each game every episode. The second piece of business are the next three games that we're playing. On May 2nd, we release our Metro 2033 episode. On May 16th, we play The Witness. And on May 30th, we play Star Wars Republic Commando, thanks to everyone in the community that voted for that game. Now back to the game at hand, God of War. We couldn't even wait for the episode to start uh, before we started talking about how this game was designed for 13-year-old boys. This is going to make a joke about God of War, but... <laughs> You're going to save it, right? I'm saving it. Yeah. QTEs, more like <laughs> QTBs, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> you can't kill me before the podcast starts. You just did. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, he's in the flesh, he's right next to me, he's Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a game. Uh, me as well, just just a, a regular video game. Just a game. Just a game. And our second friend, joining us via the internet, Mo Murtati. I am very excited, and this is not just a game. This is God of War. I thought you were going to scream, this is Sparta, <laughs> and then kick your computer into a hole. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, we'll get right into it. Uh, we're talking about God of War today, not the 2018 game uh, developed by Sony Santa Monica, but the 2005 game developed by Sony Santa Monica, published by Sony, uh, remade, as my friend Michael just reminded me, by Blue Point, not to be confused with Blue Hole who did PUBG, right. uh, Blue Point, who just remastered Shadow of the Colossus. If you're interested in Shadow of the Colossus, we did a playthrough of that. Two episodes, our first two episodes. You can check that out on our podcast feed or at leftbehindgame.club. But we're not here to talk about Shadow of the Colossus. We're here to talk about God of War. So let's just get right into it by asking, how did you play this game? I played it on a PlayStation 3. And uh, I think the version that I purchased was the one that comes in uh, the God of War collection. That was, like you had mentioned, remastered by Blue Point Studios. Mo, how'd you play the game? I played it before on PS2 when it came out. Um, I also played it on PS3, owned it twice. But this time, I got an emulator and I played it that way because I feel like I paid for it twice. Kind of owned this game. So that's how I did it. You, you did a personal backup of it and played it from that personal backup, correct? Correct. <laughs> I uh, earned an image onto a disc and... Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> and then I've actually purchased it three times because I'm an idiot uh, on PS2. And then I bought the collection on PS3, forgot I had it, and then bought the <laughs> PS3 digital copy. Because 2018, y'all. Wow. Owning digital media. You've got too much disposable income. Uh, or not enough and just not enough time to look for your things that you own. <laughs> uh, before we get into what we think about the game, uh, just a note. Uh, David Jaffe was the man behind this game, right? Correct? Yeah. David Jaffe, the man who created 
Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite PlayStation franchise. Okay. Or the, the really? franchise that I associate with PlayStation. Um, yeah, the, the amount of years, quite literal years, and the summers that I spent sitting at my grandmother's house with a PlayStation hooked up to the TV upstairs, just spending all day run through of the story mode, getting to those final cutscenes was just an absolute joy of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, love Twisted Metal. Love David Jaffe. I knew that he had made this, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly, after completing, I don't know if I would have known that. I think with him, like he he went on like Incognito is his studio, right? So my understanding is he was still making games with Incognito, Twisted Metal. He made War of the Monsters, uh, calling our calling all cars after mm-hmm. this game, which was like the first PS3 downloadable title. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the didn't day didn't do very good it did not it was a fun game but like very small mm-hmm. like the first round of like next gen like PS3 era mm-hmm. digital games but I think he was on loan to Sony Santa Monica and acted as a producer on this game gotcha and was it Corey Barlog that was on this game as well or was that God of War 2 so I think it was God of War 2 so Stig gotcha. Amason is involved in this and then the oh geez there's someone else that's involved in this game that's also involved uh, is her name Shannon? She's involved in the new one as well. I'm going to look this up while we start talking about the game. But why don't we just talk about this game? Michael, describe God of War 2005 in three <laughs> words. Oh, um, that, That's your first word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is your first word, actually. Two more words. Two more words. Very good. Okay. Hmm. Mo, describe this game in three words. I'm just springing this on y'all, by the way. Aggressive, over the top, adrenaline. That was five words, but good try. Is a hyphen it one word or three words? That's. Mm. I take real issue with you saying that this is adrenaline filled. There was no point playing this game that I felt anything close to adrenaline. My heart barely pumped. I was I was dead and in, dead inside as I played this, mm-hmm. groaning my way through it. Can I give you three words? Yeah. D- dated, um, yeah. Can I, dated, can I, um, yeah. Can I help you fill one in? Please go ahead. Boobs, uh, bo- boobs as well. There were so many boobs in this game. So many gratuitous boobs. I'd forgotten how many boobs were in this game. Gratuitous boobage. And I mean, isn't that kind of like? I'm not like Greek mythology. There tends to be like free flowing clothing, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So okay. many. But Are we going to get into I'm this? Can making, we start? Yes, please start. Okay. This game is quite literally designed for a 13 or 14-year-old boy in in a way that I have never seen anything in my anything else in my life be so purely designed for a 13 or 14-year-old boy. Ready player 1? I have not seen it. That's that's the same thing, but I'm going to let you finish. But I just I can't imagine it hits the same just same like just same notes in in the way that it does. So let me let me just explain why I say okay. that it is designed for a thirteen or fourteen year old boy. Uh, one, um, the main character is angry. He's angry all the time about everything. He's a dick. He doesn't quite know why he's angry, but he's angry. And at any moment when he has the opportunity to be maybe not just an utter dickhole to someone, he's an utter dickhole. Um, he is the most powerful thing in the entire universe. And uh, typically when people are dicks, things come back to bite them in the butt. 
mm-hmm. because you know generally you should I don't know be nice to people. Yeah, karma's and, a right. Yeah, and and in this case, nothing ever comes to bite him in the butt. Nothing. Uh, he is just the worst human being and uh, very in, unsympathetic. He's your very prototypical anti-hero. Right? Uh, and, and so when you think of, uh, sorry, let me just add one more thing. Gratuitous boobage, just everywhere, just boobs all the time. When it's clearly like not a thing that was necessary or like so much of this game is a huge departure from what actual like Greek mythology is that like to say like, Oh no, we need to be realistic here about the, about the, you know, Hellenistic period of, uh, we need to, we need to make sure we stay true to the roots. You know, boobs need to be everywhere. That I mean, they didn't cover up. Why should we cover them up? That's prud That's prudism. Uh, no, no, the, the, they just have gratuitous boobage everywhere. Uh, and I, th- I think it takes away from the game. Anyways, my point being, if you're a 13 or 14 year old boy, one, you get to have your power fantasy. You get to have power in a world when you typically don't have any power. Two, you get to live as a character who can be angry and, un, and, and unsympathetic uh, and still have no consequences. And three, there's just boobs everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I immediately thought of when I started playing through this game? Did you watch Tech TV when you were younger? I think I did, yeah. So, uh, X-Play... Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler, they were for me and probably for a lot of people, like the way that you consumed video game content back when you didn't have high-speed internet, right? Mm -hmm. So all I pictured was Adam Sessler talking about the kills and the boobs and the quick-time event to have sex, like... Sessler's a good guy, but like uh-huh. that was the show that they made, right? And I that's all I pictured. I'm just like Adam Sessler talking about boobs. So, Mike, you talked about the 13 year old kid. You basically described me when I first played this game. <laughs> I was a 13 year old kid, I wanted to let out the rage, I wanted to see the boobs, and this game delivered on all fronts. Full blast, great nine hour experience that probably lasted me 20 when I first played it. <laughs> So, so it, you were the the core audience when this game came Correct. out. Correct. Yeah, they 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 nailed it. They they made a game for me, and they delivered a game for me. Right. Uh, so I played it way back when, loved it, but kind of forgot the majority of the storyline because I played every game in the series. And uh, when we said first we were going to be playing this one, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I've played it before. I've played it before. But going back in it, it was nostalgia hit after nostalgia mm-hmm. hit after nostalgia hit. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Oh, my God, I'm taking down Ares. Like, it was a whole, like, reliving that. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And just so everyone spoiler. knows, there was four games in the series mainline. So, one, two, three, and then Ascension, not made by Sony Santa Monica. Don't know who made that one. It wasn't them. And then two PSP games as well. So, six games in the series, and then the reboot that just came out. Is actually coming out tomorrow based on this podcast. Two days? So I've played the PSP games before, and I kind of like them. Yeah. But I was not quite expecting to like this for some reason. And I, I think it's because I had a good idea of what this game was. I knew it was a your very stereotypical teenage power fantasy. It's kind of the type of game that I, you know, raise my nose to. Uh, thumb my nose at it's it's something that i think doesn't show video games in the best light um but i i I have a greater respect for this game after having finished it there's a lot more to it than just being a pure teenage power fantasy and power trip Mm -hmm. do you guys find that 
Did you play it back when it came out, Jacob? I did. So I, I would I played the first three games when they came out. So God of War, God of War two on PS two, and then God of War three on PS three. I skipped Ascension and the PSP games, and. Remember, like going back because I was 14 when the game first came out. Did so I just nail that? You totally did. So I was 14 when the game came out. I'm like, man, so like, because I wasn't allowed. <laughs> no, more like violence. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I was the kid that wasn't allowed to watch Simpsons until I was like 13 years old. Oh, you poor soul. So, like, talk about violence in video games. There there wasn't any appreciation. You were like, playing yep. cars. I was playing Fluffy <laughs> Bunny Adventures. No, I was playing like Smash and like Mario games oh. and Sonic. And then, like, God of War comes out, and I'm like, what is this? All the blood and the and the boobs and the I don't what because like in addition to the boobs being gratuitous, which like we've covered it, we're good. This is a the violence in this game is gratuitous for the time. I like look. There were other games that I'm sure were a little bit more violent, Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. but like the gore and the blood and the murder in this game is just so yeah. gratuitous. The word of the podcast is gratuitous and boobs so far. We're going to do a little counter at the end of the podcast. If we get to 100, everyone gets a pizza. Mo, at the very end, I'm going to be pulling you to, to find out what our, what our most used word is. Okay, sounds good. We'll do it. Do, should, should we talk about the story or how the game feels and looks? Like Mo, what is the story? You said that you got yeah. hit with these nostalgia. You forgot the story before this. Hopping back in. Tell, give me a book, book report on what Berries! the story is. Okay, so in a nutshell, you start off in the game as this champion of the gods, a warrior that the gods sent in to like settle human issues. Um, he, they give you this crazy super strength, these giant Ares gives you these giant blades that are like fused onto your hands, these blades attached to chains, and you use them to spin around and chop people up. So you're going around and you're always killing people and you never really know why and everyone's always afraid of you and you never really tell they never really tell you why. And then you come to find out you were the guy that just mercilessly, mercilessly killed everything and anything that came to be. And eventually you, he keeps mentioning that I keep seeing these visions, I want to get rid of these visions, and you realize that the gods promised Kratos, the main character, hey, if you finish like the work for us, we'll get rid of these visions for you. And the end, end of the day, you find out those visions are of him going on one of the missions for the gods, killing like with a blind rage and eventually killing his own wife and daughter. And that's the vision that he keeps reliving and wants to get rid of him. And that's why he keeps fighting for the gods. That's kind of an in a nutshell what the story is. So you play this champion of the gods that has super strength and crazy blades chopping down everything and anything. Go ahead. And then the Ares piece is that you come into the game and Ares is destroying Athens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was ever explained why. I think he was just like mad. At the end, you kind of get an idea. And he, he says, Zeus, see what I've done to, uh, you know, your daughter's city. Even it couldn't stand up to me. Look at what I've done. I have Pandora's box. So he's the bratty middle child is what you're saying. I, I mean, I think yeah, one of the very much. few things that this game does for it, uh, respects in terms of like Greek mythology is just how petulant the gods are and just how like they're not they're, there's none of these gods are good. They're all just like annoying little brat children. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all just kind of annoying. And that's exactly what Ares is. And what you kind of come to find out that I think through the rest of the other games that like, oh yeah, all these other gods are also just kind of poopy. Mm-hmm. All of them. All of them. Yes. I, I like the series and where yeah. it goes. I, I've, I I haven't played any of the others aside from the PSP ones. 
Um, but I will probably jump into them. Let me point out though, in the story, I think one of the things that they do incredibly well is they slowly unravel what, uh, why you're in the situation that you're in and, uh, do it through these cutscenes that are extremely well produced. There are so many cutscenes in this game, both in game, both using in game assets and pre-rendered CGI stuff. Um, and it's very well directed. They look fantastic even today. Um, I think there's some very cool stuff. Um, in terms of what they show in the cutscenes, they start off by spinning this narrative of Ares was a, the youngest and most brave general in the, or not Ares, Kratos was the youngest and bravest general of the Spartan army. And he went into battle and he fought these barbarians and he was outnumbered 100 to 1. And as he was about to be executed, he called upon the god Ares to come and save him. And in exchange for saving him, Ares comes down, saves him. And in exchange for it, Kratos gives him his life. And he becomes the harbinger of death. Mm -hmm. He becomes Ares' servant. Would you say he became the god of what he did actually? No, No, that's Ares. (laughs) (laughs) And so Kratos goes and just kills everything. And Asmo said, he ends up going to this town, kills by accident without knowing his oops wife and child uh which Ares tricks him into doing and Ares justifies it by saying now you have nothing left to live for therefore you're a fight better which is absolute nonsense mm-hmm. like like let's just take a step back and think about this if you have something to live for you were going to fight way harder than if you had absolutely nothing to live for like why would you bother fighting if you're like oh if i die like like what's the worst that can happen but if you have something to live for it's like oh no i need to make sure i don't die if not for myself for these for these reasons anyways absolute nonsense justification for for why it happened doesn't make any sense in terms of a character motivation but regardless aries does this and (laughs) uh you move on through the game and you find out that okay from that point on kratos's whole mission is to kill aries and so you're in Athens. You, you continue to fight your way through until... I think happens? you have to rescue Athena. And when you rescue Athena, she basically says, in order to defeat the god of war, Ares, you need as a mortal to have ultimate power, which the only way for a mortal to get that ultimate power is to uh, go into Pandora's temple and get Pandora's box. So I would say the middle 50% of the game is one dungeon where you go so in. True. And I totally forgot that that was the structure of the game. Is like you're going to go through Athens a little bit, but then like I would say almost two-thirds of the game is in Pandora's Temple. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. you going through sub-dungeons and like puzzle rooms to get Pandora's box in order to defeat Ares. I had no idea that this game was as Zelda-ish as it is. Did you guys, <laughs> would you guys know that? Did you guys expect that? Um, I knew it coming in. Like, I, I don't know. I can't recall when I first played the game, but I, I knew that there's going to be puzzles. There's You're going to be, like, progressing through the story. It's not just hack away, hack away, even though there is a lot of that in the game. But I kind of see what you're saying. If you're if you're looking at the game face value, God of War, you see all the, the videos online of the game itself. You think it's just a hack and slash fight through. But, yeah, it, it has a little bit of a Zelda vibe to it. It completely changed, and I would never have expected this, it completely changed how I viewed that Xbox 360 PS3 game, Darksiders, 
which if for those of you that don't know, it's a story of one of the four gods of uh, or horsemen of the apocalypse. Horsemen of the apocalypse, and I think it's war. Uh, that comes down, uh, who's been fooled into thinking the apocalypse is happening. And it is a Metroidvania Zelda-esque game where you go into dungeons, you complete tasks, you gain power-ups, and you're able to unlock areas that you haven't before. And I found that game so refreshing because it was a more mature, angrier, darker version of a Zelda game that I knew I would never get. But after having played this, I should have realized... That whole time, that game already existed. And I am amazed that during the discussion of Darksiders, I did not hear God of War at all, any time. Do you guys know, know what I'm talking about? So I, I've not played Darksiders 1 or Darksiders 2, okay. but it is, it is on my list of games to play. But it's like one of... So is that... Was it Vigil Games? Is that the, the studio that makes? And then Crytek was involved in there too, because I think they bought Vigil Games or in Austin. I have a weird memory for things. It, yeah, it was a THQ game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, THQ. THQ. Uh, there was a famous comic book artist that was part of it. Joe or John McGuire. Anyways, yeah. And uh, the first game came out, and it was supposed to be one of multiple. So there was supposed to be a game for each of the different horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, and the only other one that came out was Darksiders 2, which was Death. And uh, now then there's oops, a dark siders. Bu- yeah. No, then oops, THQ rather. Oops, THQ made too many you draw tablets <laughs> and bankrupted themselves. And now there's a bundle with both of them out, and apparently a dark siders three coming. But I digress. the The whole point being that I'm surprised how close uh, dark siders was to God of War. I I, I miss those games. I'm going to add them to the list of things to play. Because I want to play them. We should totally play them. We should maybe play them. They're a little long, I think, from what I remember. They're not... Like, this is an eight-hour game. I was... Yeah. I was also surprised how long this game was, too, at the same time. I thought it was like a five- or six-hour game, from what okay. I remember. Because I'm like, oh, just Pandora's Temple, and then, like, you're good. Like, beat Ares. Did you guys feel that it was longer... Like, you wanted it to end earlier than it actually did yes. a couple times? Yes. I wanted it to end when I was in Pandora's Temple, and then you get to the challenges of Hades. And I'm like, more? More <laughs> stuff? More? And and it's Hades' challenges aren't quick. It's not difficult. It's just not quick. When you go down to, to sticks, when you have to like ascend the sticks, right? Uh, when, when Ares kills you. No, no. no you're still I'm talking the, in Pandora's, in Pandora's temple, temple. When you have to do the challenges of Hades where there's a maze and you have to kill every single enemy in this area before you can move on to the next one. Mo. But how awesome was Hades' ability when you unlock it, when you summon those demons that just crush everything? It was, if I had not upgraded Poseidon's power so early, Hades' power is what I would have just dumped everything into. Because what his power is, is he sends the army of the undead after the people around you. And it's such a good way to deal with crowd control. When, they're, when you're just swarmed by enemies and you don't have the ability to just swing your chains wide to make some room for yourself, uh, that, that ability is just takes just up a lot of magic, though. That's the only downside yeah. to it. Yeah. I found uh, a, that, a lot of the abilities that take up a lot of magic, I found. Even the, the Poseidon's one. So with that one, you, get, you let off like a area of effect, cyclone of electricity kind of thing mm-hmm. and zap everyone. Big that one, I felt like I could do it two or three times. Then no more mana. Done. 
Yeah, I think I had about mana f- enough mana to do it twice, mm-hmm. and then a little bit left over, but not enough to do it a third time. Yeah, and see, I ended up, because in order to upgrade your health and your magic, you get Phoenix Feathers for magic and Gorgon's Eyes for your health, but you have to like find all the chests that are kind of out of like the, the main route so you kind of have to go this game is super linear but there are these like little pockets to explore exactly and that's where you find the ability to uh, extend your health did you, and magic. Guys, did you guys have trouble like collecting red orbs to like upgrade everything did you, did you ever upgrade everything or no i don't think i upgraded everything but i upgraded everything i wanted to upgrade like i think i used medusa's head maybe once the whole game yeah, yeah i used I, it a I couple times it. for those big guys mm-hmm and I was watching playthroughs online and watching like what high level play is supposed to look like. <laughs> high level God of War play. High, le- high level God of War play. And they were using the Medusa's head to great effect for those big challenging enemies. And I was like, why did I just sit here and mash the control so many times instead of, you know, using Medusa's head and taking him out quickly? So it was kind of like a loaded question asking about those red orbs because I discovered that there was a glitch. Where you can like <laughs> freeze this Dirty. one little bad guy to like keep spazzing out and keep dumping out red orbs for a good ten minutes, and eventually, I had max weapons. At, but to be honest, it was probably like the three quarter mark of the game. Oh, it wasn't okay. like early on. Okay. Good. And I had, I had a similar experience uh, because uh, so if you lose a bunch of times, so like in Hades challenges, if you lose a bunch of times, the game's like, hey, you're bad at video games. How about we move your difficulty down for you? And by about the three quarter mark, I'm like. Just like you said, Mo, like I wanted this game to end at like about the six hour mark, not the eight hour mark. Like there's two hours in there where I'm like, I want this to be done. Um, got to that point, I'm like, I'm going to crank this down to easy. So I think when you crank it down to easy, you also get more orbs in addition to it being oh. easier. So I found by the end of the game, I was upgrading weapons at a faster click and upgraded all the weapons that I wanted to use. So like I was Poseidon's Rage, Blaze of Chaos, Zeus's Fury. Surprisingly, I used a lot as well. So what was your go-to weapon and then power? Ooh, so I was silly early on and thought that Artemis's Blade was amazing. Okay. It's not. It's great for certain enemy types, but not a lot of enemies. So mm. I ended up doing. I maxed out the Blades of Chaos. I maxed out Poseidon's Rage, and then maxed out uh, Zeus's Fury. Mo. Um, the the chain blades. Yeah. What are those called? Blades of chaos. Those guys. I use those a good ton because I just I, I like the combos. Those glorious, glorious, great blades that I loved. And then by the time I got the Hades ability, I every time I had enough to launch that, I was sending them out. Like you're, you don't even have to fight. You can just walk past everyone as they're getting dummied by those little <laughs> demons. Dummied by the dead. Oh and, yeah, no, that, Mike, that was it. What was your loadout? Uh, I was very similar to you. I maxed out uh, the Blades of Chaos. I maxed out Poseidon's uh, Rage. And then uh, Zeus's Thunderbolts, just enough to charge them up and to throw them very fast. Um, those are the powers that I used. I did not touch Medusa's head at all. Um, and I did use the the big singular blade that you get. But like you, Jacob, I found it depended on what enemy it was. Like that big single blade was fantastic against the Minotaurs but not great against many of the smaller enemies. You're talking those, no, no, those no. dogs? Not the dogs, the the minotaurs. So those those little dogs, the annoying ones that keep jumping at you, <laughs> you can one-shot them with that giant blade. Do you know how you can do that power power smack with like the, the blade down? Yeah. If you like do one combo of that, they're done, like chopped around. Yeah, I'm not talking about the little doggies. 
Oh. I'm talking about the Minotaur. Um, so the Minotaurs are the, the ones that look like a bull that have yeah. a sometimes a hammer, sometimes a big blade in their hands. They're the the Moblins that of the, the God of War men, universe. Half horse, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh wait, no, no, those those are different. Isn't that typically what a Minotaur? That's is, a though? centaur. Oh, centaur. Thank the you. centaur is the one that's half man, half horse. The Minotaur is it's pretty much a bull. Um, and those are the ones that if you killed them in a quick time event, you would regain health. And so there were a lot of different varied enemy types that if you killed them in a specific way, you would get certain benefits. So if you killed the Gorgons, which are similar to Medusa, you would recharge all of your mana or a good chunk of your mana. If you killed the Minotaurs, you would be able to recharge some of your health. Um, I'm not sure if there was any other specific ones. I think if you killed the centaur with the special, you would get extra red red stuff to upgrade your weapons. Red orbs. Red orbs. The red stuff. The red stuff. The good stuff. Power. On Kratos. <laughs> Ares. Um. <laughs> so which one of the enemies really messed with your head? I'll start first because I still can't. I'm not letting it go. Those centaurs with like the spinning blades, especially in Hades Temple, when you have to kill them inside of the circle. I love that. Oh my! I, I for some reason I could not get the like countering down even throughout to the end of the game, especially with those guys. I felt like they were always breaking my guard, always coming through and like knocking me out. I don't know if it was maybe because I was playing the emulation version. How did you guys handle the parrying countering? I just I got good at the timing. I, it's a boring answer, but like I got good at it. So, so no enemies were where you're not your friends. There was no enemy that I had real trouble with. Um, the ones that annoyed me early on because I didn't know how to deal with them were the Gorgons. They would turn you into stone, and if you happened to make the mistake of jump while they turned you into stone, when you landed, you would die and you'd have to restart it. Uh, and I did that too many times, and then I learned my my lesson. Um, there was no specific enemy that frustrated me, but I do have PTSD from a certain section of the game. Um, but before we get into that, what enemies annoyed you, Jacob? Uh, I would just say it's the dogs. So I had a the real, little doggies, the little puppies, because they'd become big, scary, three-headed dogs. Right. And if you're not just good like at crowd Cerebus? control, just like Cerberus. Yes, thank you. Hound it. Thank you. I love my Greek mythology. I'm I'm not a not a huge fan of Greek mythology, but uh, those dogs. If you don't crowd control them well, if you miss one of them out of the four or five or three that spawn, then they become that three-headed dog. And if you already have one that you're dealing with, like you might as well just restart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, was, I feel like I was pretty good at crowd controlling them. The section of the game that annoyed me the most, and I feel like I need to rant about this. Can I guess? Guess. Is it Hades Spire? It's not Hades Spire. Mo, take a guess. It was... Can't, I can't think of anything. Hades uh, Challenge Room with the Conveyor Belts. No. No, but that was section. I know what, what it is. is it, Mo? It's swimming through that section that with the blades come in and chop you down. I actually like that section. Same. I thought I it was I, I thought it I looked thought, amazing. Yeah. Look real good. Okay, here it is. You know do you remember the section where like you have to com- kill a whole bunch of these people in a room? Stop me if you've heard this one before. You have to kill all these people in a room and if you don't kill them in a uh, quick enough time, the floor beneath you falls. Yes, no. I do remember that one. Yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about, Mo. I can't remember. I and oh. the, the, there's the ticking in the back in the background, yeah. and then and there's, there's sirens, mm-hmm. and you have to kill these sirens. And the mistake that I made, um, the mistake that I made was 
doing the quick time kills when I could. And what I did not factor in was that by doing the quick time kills, they would take longer to kill them than if I had not. And they would just continue to spawn after you kill them. And I couldn't ever kill them fast enough. And it was just, I was just maddening. It was the only time in the game that I ever got that message of like, Hey, video games are hard. You sure you don't want to try it on an easier difficulty? Maybe, maybe, maybe easier. Maybe. Do you want to try it easier? And I was like, no game. I play games on normal. I play them like they're supposed to be played. And like, you sure you don't want to play it on easy? And I'm like, no, I'm sure I don't want to play it on easy. I'm sure. But I do want to get past this section. So I looked online and everyone was saying the same thing. Everyone from the year 2005 was saying the same thing on GameFAQs.com of how annoying this section was. And everyone giving the hot tip, like, don't use the quick time event kills. Just make sure you spam this this combo so that way you can do that. <sighs> the worst. Um, Mike, you looked up online how to beat a game? <laughs> I did. Well, wait, so, so you're always on our cases whenever we're struggling with a game. Explain yourself. Mo Explain and Jacob, myself. the and number one rule of the Left Behind Game no. Club is don't use a playthrough. Don't use well, a walkthrough. Why are you looking My up boss. at a play? Why are you guys being wimps? Why, no. why, why, why? Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. If we're going to bring up specific examples, Uh-oh. it was when we were talking about a puzzle game where the whole game is completing puzzles. This was not a puzzle. This was making sure that I was completing it correctly. Yo, braid is hard. Come on. <laughs> braid is not... Oh. Jacob, that sounds like an excuse. My soft boys. Go ahead, soft boys. What section did you find the hardest? Welcome to the soft boy club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let's see. The, the hardest part for me, I, I didn't die to the point where it suggested to play on easy. Um, but I... I uh, Jacob, I'll pass it to you. Let me think of something. So like I said, I happened. it happened to me multiple times because I am a soft boy. Uh, quick note, if you want to have fun uh, with Game Facts, by the way, check what their Alexa rating is because it's still really good in 2018. Amazing. Sidebar is done. Um, the Spire of Hades, where you have to climb up that like spire that's spinning with the blades on it. That's the first one. Super frustrating. Took me way longer than it should have to beat. Um, but I would say that the the other one was the conveyor belts. And the point where I changed my difficulty from normal to easy was the room in Hades right before Pandora's box. The last challenge where you have to like shoot the shoot the guys with the arrows and then also the harpies are in the air trying to kill you and there's conveyor belts and there's there's like rollers that are trying to kill you i yeah. must have tried that 15 times and just got to the point where i'm like i cannot do this went from normal to easy um and one thing about difficulty is that normal for me was too hard but easy was way too easy like it was it was <laughs> easy was too easy for me yeah, no, I think with me, I figured out my, my spot. There's two of them. One of them I mentioned, it's in Hades Temple when you get those centaurs that come at you and you have to kill them within the circle. And the only reason it was hard is because I was killing them nonstop all across the room and didn't realize, hey, maybe you should kill them in these circles to like defeat the challenge. I thought I was just going to keep killing them. The other one, which is the most annoying, was do you remember that one section where you're in like the maze or whatever and you have to kill every single person in the maze to advance? I could not find the last two guys that were like buried behind that like Wasn't moving that annoying? brick. That was so annoying. Yeah, I couldn't find them. I had to look. I actually, I think I did look it up, and it didn't help. No one like could figure out. Like you have to kill everyone. I'm like, I know, but where is everyone? <laughs> I know. I can read. I actually read things in this game. Yeah. Eventually, like I just it got so annoying because they're hidden. You have to wait for like the third pass through 
for the one brick thing to move, and then eventually, yeah, the last two guys were hiding right there. You know a point where I lost my mind uh, in this game? So were you guys fans of Pinky and the Brain, <sighs> the show? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try and, Try and take over the world. So Rob Paulson, the voice of Pinky, you know the rumor you have to sacrifice someone, so pull someone from a cage yep. and make them burn? That is the voice That's of him? Pinky in the brain. They only used him for that one. No. His credit on the game is Greek soldier, and it is very clearly Rob Paulson, wow. the voice of Pinky in the brain. I lost my mind. I was like, hold on. Wait a minute. I had to IMDB the game. I'm like... Rob Paulson, and you just did this one throwaway <laughs> se- series of lines? That was also a very frustrating section. Such a frustrating section that I found, in retrospect, if you use Medusa's head, is much easier. Uh, because those guards, the, the big metal ones, uh, yeah. you can kill them in one shot if you freeze them. So such a good idea. It's such a great idea, but I did not do it that way. I just struggled through combat. And I think it happened to me about three times where I got it close to the top and then slid all the way back down to the bottom. Wait, God, do you, you do realize you can push it to like, I know, first little section? I know, okay. I know. Oh. But then when you oh. need to push it to the next section, you need to slide over Yeah. and it's in that sliding over portion that it fell down. Um. Yeah. 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 It was annoying. Um, but I made it through, and it reminded me that games back back in the day, back 13 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, were designed in such a way that, you know what, if it was extra challenging, it didn't quite matter because, you know, like, games could be, could be you know, you would smash your head against it mm-hmm. until you got through it. And they were just a little bit harder back then. Uh, whereas today, like, thinking, like, as I was playing this game, there were so many points that I thought, like, oh, modern game design would just totally like pop you out where you needed to go next or clearly waypoint where you need to be or where you should be heading or give you a very clear story cue to say like you should be heading towards this garden or you need to be like swimming right now water will be the key and this game does none of it the amount of times that i clearly completed a section and was then just like okay great now what where do i go from here what do i need to do and none of it was clear. And I'm like, oh, I've got like two more days to beat this game. <laughs> I've got two more days to beat this game. Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Where do I go? And so it, it feels dated. And I'm it just does. bringing it back to that first comment I made. Um, can I make a comment about how dated the game is? Yeah. You said earlier that the cutscenes in the game looked good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight you on that because uh, the... Which ones? The in-game? Exactly. Nah. You read my mind. So there's the pre-rendered stuff that looked great. Yeah. But then there was some in-game cinematics that looked like butt. For sure. Mm-hmm. But it's in-game cinematics from, from a game released in 2005. Mm-hmm. But we don't even think about that anymore. That like a there. lot of stuff now is done in engine. So sure. if you look at the new God of War game that's coming out, you know, soon after we release this podcast, mm-hmm. everything is in engine. There are no cutscenes. Like there's no divide between cutscene mm-hmm. and game. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really a thing in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, like, that to me was something that I'd said, huh, it's weird that I can notice, like, some of these look like butt right. and, like, characters' mouths don't move despite there being dialogue. <laughs> but then also the in-game, like, the pre-rendered cinematics look amazing. So I'd forgotten that in such an old right. game that that's a thing that used to happen. Mm-hmm. And the pre-rendered ones do look fantastic. And you can tell there's some really great directing of those cutscenes. Like, they tell such a good story in a short period of time um, that it continues to build upon itself. I thought it was 
maybe one of the highlights in a game that I wasn't expecting that to be a highlight. Yeah, because the pre-rendered stuff is like probably only like what fifteen minutes of cutscenes total that are pre-rendered, something, something like, like that. that yeah. But they they do look amazing. I'm not sure if you guys poked, poked fun at this, but uh, Kratos's voice acting I really like just because he was unique. He became like a feature character. And no matter where you hear his voice in like the first game, second game, or third game, when you hear him yell anything, you're like, ah, Kratos is here. He's back. <laughs> the character's alive. I, I, You know what? I didn't have an ear for it. Did you, Jacob? I think when like we have characters like Kratos who are very one-dimensional, I think I usually blame the writing. I don't blame... Like like a voice actor will walk in the booth as someone who's done a little bit of himself. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, like you do what's on the page, right? So if the page is bad or the page is one-dimensional, the best you can do is just walk up there and do it the best you can. So I think Kratos as a voice actor did well. It's just like written in a very one-note, one-dimensional way. Mm-hmm. In a very 13-year-old will adore this way. Yeah. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's not a... It's not a, yeah. He's a very flat character. Yeah, I I don't understand the love for Kratos as a, as a character, but I I guess maybe you just have to grow up with Kratos when he yep. hits you as a thirteen year old boy, and he's just like the epitome of everything you want to be in the world. I'm just thinking of this now. So I've seen some of the trailers and some of the gameplay of the new game. His voice sounds the same, and I'm pretty sure he has his son or something with him, and he looks like a 13-year-old boy. So do you know what he's doing? He's grasping us and saying, hey, I'm taking you when you were a 13-year-old boy, and you're going to be my son, and we're going to be fighting in this game. So it's like a whole little mental mess up with us. So Mike, you started this. You said it's it's a game for 13-year-old boys. So you know what they did? They pulled a judo move on you and said, (laughs) we're going to make a game with you as a 13-year-old boy, and you're going to be part of me. Right. Uh, but I think of some of the other Sony mascots, the Ratchets, the Slys, the, the, even the Spyros, like uh, Parappa the Rapper, like anyone that was in that uh, PlayStation All-Stars mm-hmm. game, I would take any of them over Kratos. For sure, because they have style. They have a personality. Can, can I just like, can I just ask, so you know how it's part of the mythology that when, you know, you kill your wife and child... And the temple's on fire. Your eyes are rolling. I wish uh, people yeah. could see it. And, oh boy, your family's ashes are now burned into your skin. They never explain how you suddenly have this massive red tattoo all over your body that overlaps your eye. Like, that was there before you murdered your family and were soaked in blood. Like, where? What? What kind of... T- no one else in that world has weird tattoos like that. Like, is it a tattoo? What's the deal? What's the deal? Yeah, I don't know anything about that tattoo. I, I didn't even notice that it was there before when he was a soldier. I thought he just got it when he became the ghost of Sparta. Right. But Maybe well, it was. I, th- I think it's just a differentiating factor, and we're looking way too into it. I think it's just like, hey, this is Kratos' brand. He has this crazy little red <laughs> thing. Makes him look distinct. So when we sell toys and like products with Kratos, he's distinguishable. He's not just some bald okay. guy with blades in his hands. The, he's the Kratos. All right. I can buy that. I just I don't like it, but I'll buy it. I just googled Kratos tattoo, and that was a not a good thing to, to right. Google. It's people that actually have Kratos tattoos. A bunch of like eighteen year old boys are like, "I'm legal. I can get a tattoo now." And it's my whole shoulder, amazing, or my whole arm. Ah, uh, you know what I'm gonna get? I'm gonna get the blades of chaos on my shoulder blades. That you need to leave. Yeah. Get out no, of no, here. No, no, I'm just mimicking someone who definitely said that before. Okay, cool. There's definitely someone with blades of chaos. You on their know back. it. There has to be someone out there. 
if you have a tattoo of Kratos's Blades of Chaos or even Kratos, send us an email. Uh, questions at leftbehindgame.club. Uh, I want to see your, your Kratos related yeah, tattoo. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, quick time events. There are a lot of them. Yeah. So quick time events are, like you said, they're like a quick time event. So a button will come up on screen and you press it and something happens. The two games that made this very popular, I find this is one of them. And you probably know what the second one is, right? Came out the year before that, Resident Evil 4. Oh, and what I, found I didn't play was, Resident Evil 4. Sorry, hold the phone. Stop. What? It's on my list. You've not played Resident Evil 4? No. Mo, have you played Resident Evil 4? You've no. not played Resident Evil 4. Come sorry. on. This. I played 1, 2, 3, 5, and 6. No. Get. No. Re- what? <laughs> you just broke me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it is one of the great. Anyway, sorry. I, I, I've heard that. Yeah, it, it revolution. It's a little Le- dated now, but Leon it's, S. Kennedy. It's, it's revolutionized the way we did shooters. We'll put a pin in that for later because it's a show about God of War. But this kind of brought a lot of quick time events to games to follow for almost like seven or eight years. Almost every game had quick time events, mm-hmm. and I think the reason people like them so much in this game, whereas in many other games they would tend to find them annoying, is in this game a lot of what you're doing is very cinematically done, but doesn't look like a cutscene. Whereas I know in a lot of the other games that I would bemoan quick time events, it was when it's a cutscene and you know, you want to be in part of this battle or you want to be doing the thing that your character is doing on screen, but they want to make it extra cinematic. So they make it look like a cutscene, and then you have a button prompt and Oh boy, the villain was just killed. The person you've been fighting this whole game for you've, just killed with a quick time event, and that doesn't give you the reward. But in this case, the quick the cutscenes are done not for big boss battles. Typically, they're done for you know average lower level minions. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil Four does both, where it's like, hey, okay. we're gonna do this a little bit in the game, a little bit in these like boss cutscenes. But I do agree with you is that like they use it to great effect here. Mm-hmm. I didn't love having to like mash a button. Hated it. Like we hated don't need to it. do that. I hated pulling up the doors and having to mash the right trigger. Hated that. R2? No. I don't I don't want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Mo? Do you have any more stuff? How I don't know. We, we should just talk I about feel the like end. It got, I feel like it got pretty repetitive like right in that moment where we all kind of thought this game should end. Yep. The, the, the killing became the same. There weren't that many unique enemies, except for when you go to Hades and now everyone's on fire, but it's the same characters. <laughs> yeah, I do like, like the palette swap effect that they did there. Yeah, literally the same exact character, same mechanics, but now they're on fire. It's like it they had a became moment. like, we'll throw hordes at you, hordes at you, try to advance, try to advance, and it kind of got really dull. And then the random Ares fight where you grab a giant sword <laughs> that's in a statue and you're like, I'll fight you with this statue I, sword. I love that opening Pandora's box. It, he found a Mario mushroom and he just got bigger. Wow. <laughs> right? He just got bigger. He just got bigger. And then he kills him and then he shrinks back down to like mini Mario size. Mm-hmm. But also Ares is dumb enough to carry around the one weapon that can destroy him right. just on a chain. He's like, do 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 I've got the weapon that can destroy <laughs> me. Come get me. Oh, you're yeah. alive again. Oh, man. Can, can we also mention the scene where Ares knows that Kratos has found Pandora's box and just picks up a pillar Stupid. and hurls wow. it across the world. That was so cool. I thought that was amazing. I thought it was super dumb. I loved it. 
that is the like teenage boy in me that was like that was amazing that was so cool i was the complete opposite I, when that happened i'm like wait what is this over like what actually happened and i can remember myself <laughs> way back then like working so hard fighting through dungeons probably took me 20 30 hours way back when and then i get chucked with a spear and i'm like is that why it's called god of war because he kills you yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, I got real mad because I'm like, if I just did all that work, like, why couldn't you just like smash the temple and right. grab the box? Right. Like, this is you, you can't come back from that. That was like, you're done. That's it. GG. Easy. See, I think I had the benefit of knowing that there was a God of War two, three, four, and Ascension. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's the greatest Olympian in javelin because he can throw things across <laughs> the world and kill you. Uh, but that that last battle, can can we talk a little bit about that? Woof, woof. Woof. I, I don't think it was that much of a real battle. It, it was like a boss battle, very stereotypical. Mash, mash, mash. Wait he turns for into the, a spider. the buttons. He becomes yeah, Dr. Was... Octopus. Yeah. Like, uh, what? I, I didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. it Out of fine. nowhere, he just. It's has... not the worst. Yeah. I've, there were way worse boss battles, final mm-hmm. boss battles. It was fine. It does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what it reminded me of? And there's a connection. Do you ever play War of the Monsters? which is another PS2 game that was developed by Incognito. It's literally like a big kaiju game for PS2, and I believe it like shares it may share tech. Either uh, way, War of the Monsters. It's a fun game to play. Not This was not fun. No. But name a game that has a good like final boss battle. Right, definitely it's not Bioshock. okay, good one. It's either okay or it's bad. The, I, I can't name a single good end boss battle. Good endings, but never good end boss battles. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. There's not many that come to mind. Nope. So after you kill Ares, you move on to the point where you, you try and kill yourself. Oh, well, did, we should you, probably talk about the vagrant there's, dude. You uh, you talk to Athena. You're like, I did your deed. I killed Ares. And uh, Athena's like, no, your mission still goes on. I'm not going to get rid of the memories or something for you. And yeah, isn't that why you jump over and kill yourself? Yeah, she says, like, you are forgiven, but you, they will never be forgotten. Right. And that's kind of the thing where he's like, but, but I'm a, but I did what you said. Mm-hmm. I'm Kratos. He's suddenly English. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you, you step, step on the cliffs that you were prophesized to be and kill yourself. And you, I think are shown at the beginning of the game, throwing yourself off of, uh, and you go and try and throw yourself off and the gods save you and they lift you up into the heavens. And then you run through the pantheon of the gods and find an empty uh, throne of the god of war and you sit down and then they give you this really 13 year old boy power trip fantasy thing where it's like and that's how he became the god of war throughout history. Mm -hmm. Anytime man went to battle, Kratos was there as the god of war watching over them And, uh, and that was it and I thought it was just a really weird note to leave things off on. And as a 13-year-old, I'm like, yeah, I was the one that guided all these wars. Like me, I am the badass of all badassery. He is I. I am him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, can we just mention one last thing sure. before we wrap up? Yeah. That vagrant, the guy who's digging the grave, do you guys could you, could you guys know which god that was? No. No? Mo? Yeah. No, I couldn't tell you. Okay, because at the beginning of the game, there's, uh, I think, Athena's temple. Uh, This guy outside, who's digging a grave, and when Kratos comes by, he says, like, who's that grave for? He's like, oh, it's for you. 
And Chris is like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, you're like, I'll, I'll get this done in time. And then at the end of the game, after you die and you complete Hades Underworld, you crawl up this rope and you crawl right through the grave that was dug for you. And Chris is like, what the heck? And the guy's like, look, Athena wasn't the only god that was looking after you. And then he disappears and you continue to hear his voice and you're like, oh, poop. Wait, wait, wait. I, can't, I think I might have a spoiler. Okay. Is it is it for this game or a different I game? I think it's for the next game. Then don't spoil it because I want to oh. play the next game and I want to play it on the pod. Okay, I think your answer is going to be in the next game. Okay. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was a nice little mystery that they leave hanging. Um, and it's, <gasps> I think the other reason I like it is because it's the one character that Kratos is not a dick to. Just a complete dickhole to in the game. Speaking of like moments that they kind of drop for the next game... Early on, there's I'm I'm pretty sure there's like a little photo or mural that you see where it's like Zeus fighting a human or something, and it says this is a image of something in the future. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it's like a quick little picture that you get to see like a subtitle on. It's it's like like, a portrait in Pandora's Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely like for next game. And as someone who's played God of War two and God of War three and know exactly where the story is going, I just went, oh, there's some good foreshadowing. Yes, exactly. Cool. One more thing, and then I'm, I've got everything. The staircase tech in this game. You notice how, like, a few different times they did the overhead shot of the staircase, of you just going down the staircase? I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. that was Although, I, did, I would say they do a good job moving the camera and picking camera angles for mm-hmm. you. So that way you can see what you need to see and are able to tell where you need to go. But it also looks kind of cinematic. Yeah. Uh, they did some cool, interesting, interesting mm-hmm. stuff like that, where like the camera, you're going to be right in front of the camera, you're moving left to right, and then you see a huge thing in the mm-hmm. background. Or when you saw Athens being destroyed by Ares, like for 2005, you know, I would say that the PS3 remake that I played and that you played, like it's uh, sorry, Blue Point, like it's kind of a lazy port. Like there's, yeah, it performs well. It I think perf- that's what it needs to do. Yeah, it performs well. It doesn't look. Yeah, they're right. not they're not reinventing a wheel. I don't think the textures are any different. Like it's probably just running better. Um, but there was some cool perspective stuff they did with the camera. I would say without being too obvious that Sony Santa Monica being in LA or the LA area, it's like clearly there are some people at that studio who have some experience in film. Mm-hmm. They they know how to use a camera. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's pretty much everybody's thoughts. Uh, let's wrap up with some some final thoughts. Mike, we'll start with you. I enjoyed it much more than I was expecting. Uh, it was a bit too long. It's very, it's pretty dated. It's not bad to play after you know being released thirteen years ago, but I don't think time will be much kinder to it than I go. Mm-hmm. You know, we we played a game, uh, Luigi's Mansion, which is about the same era. This would be one of the oldest games that we played on the podcast. Uh, compared to Lu- Luigi's Mansion, like this game does feel dated. And I think it's more just the gameplay is incredibly simple and there's no, you know, you mentioned there's nothing layered on top of it. There's no destination, there's no quest, there's no, there's very, very light RPG stuff. And look, not every game needs to do that, but like that's what makes this one feel so dated. So if I was like, hey guys, should I, should I play God of War 2005? I probably wouldn't recommend it. It, it just feels a, lo- a little bit dated. Mo. Yeah, I think I'd mirror Mike's, I guess, opinion of the game. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, story was great-ish. Um, but having played all of the games, if I was to recommend it, same with you, Jacob, I don't think I'd tell someone to replay this one. 
I liked it for the nostalgia hits I got, but I'd say, you know, go to God of War 3 or maybe just start off with the brand new one that's coming out. Like, like you don't really, I feel like, need to play all of them. But if you do go back to it, you won't be, like, un, you won't not like your experience. But, yeah, it is too long, but it, it's fine. It's I great. even remember 2 being better. And, like, it came out, look, it came out as one of the last games on the PS2, I think. And it had the benefit of all that technology and all that time. I remember it being better than this. Yeah, but I think it we was. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We will see. And and just so you know, without discussing specific details about the new game that's coming out, um, I don't necessarily think you have to play these games to play the new one. That's that makes sense. a lot of what I've heard. Mm-hmm. It, it takes on Norse mythology versus mm-hmm. Greek mythology here. I mean, but once I, you kill every Greek god, like how do you go ah, back? Spoilers! I mean, you didn't want me to spoil God of War two, but you know, like the plot of God of War three. I know that in I think God of War Ascension, you're like, oh, well, I've killed every god, so it's time to kill all the titans. Let's kill anything else that exists in this mythology. So I think that's the show. Uh, we have three pieces of business. We'll start with Mo. Uh, we have an Instagram now. Oh yes, we do. Uh, so you can find us at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram. We're posting contests on there as well as a lot of uh, Instagram live stories where you can see us prepping for podcasts as well as maybe while we're playing. A lot of behind the scenes stuff. So give us a follow. Let some friends know about it. And uh, Mike, what's going on with you? Well, I think I think what we have to ask is, did you enjoy this podcast? And I think the answer is, if you listened up until this point, you probably did. And so what I would say to you, if you enjoyed this podcast and listened all the way up until this point, is that you go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, because that's what we deserve. And, uh, you know, leave some kind words, some comments, tell a friend about it. Let people know in your life that you like the Left Behind Game Club. And then where should people join us, Jacob, after they've done that? So if you want to talk to us and talk to our guest hosts and talk to other people that are part of the Left Behind Game Club community, you can do so in our Discord. Uh, You can find the link to that at leftbehindgame.club. We're talking about games. We're talking about game deals. Uh, Lots of game deals. Lots of game deals. All the game deals. So do you want a game for $5? You'll probably find one in our Discord channel. I've I've got just like the nose for games under 5 bucks. So anytime anything good comes under five bucks, I'm like, oh, oh. What if it's six dollars? You, you know what? I might post it, but that no, five dollar mark, sweet spot. We, we definitely have a good community of guys that are finding the best game deals, and we just kind of rant and rave and talk about every little thing about games. And walk down memory lane together, hand in hand. Mo, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they do so? You can find me at Emirati on Instagram and all over the web. Michael. You can find me at RufaloM on Twitter and MichaelRufalo.com for my portfolio website. And Jacob. for me, uh, at Jacob McCourt on the Twitter as well as JacobMcCourt.com. If you want to f- see me streaming, uh, you can do so at JacobStreams.com. Uh, and both Jacob and Mo are going to be streaming our next titles. Uh, what do we have on the docket, boys? Oh, so first, uh, we're playing uh, the May 2nd slot, so May 2nd release. We're playing Metro 2033 from 4A Games. Amazing. And then on May 16th, uh, we are playing through another great video game, The Witness. A Jonathan Blow classic. A a sequel, not a sequel, but another game made by Jonathan Blow. And then in May, we have three games we're releasing because there's three... Every other one, there's five Wednesdays, right? Amazing. So May 30th, we're playing Star Wars Republic Command. I'm giddy about this. Thank you so much, everyone who voted on our community choice poll for, for doing that, for stepping up, for picking the right choice. Star Wars Republic Commando, a new backwards compatible title on Xbox. 
Um, for the original Xbox, you can also find it on PC. I highly encourage you to play it along with us. It is one of the cooler points in Star Wars Extended Universe fiction, and I've heard fantastic things about this game, so I can't wait to hop in and play. But before we do that, we need to wrap this up. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. 